Here's a little song I wrote. You might want to sing it note for note. Don't worry. Be happy. In every life we have some trouble. But when you worry, you make it double. Don't worry. Be happy. <laughs> Remember that song? Today, we're going to talk about happiness. Today, we're going to talk about one of my favorite topics of all time. And I've done lots of reading, thinking, meditating, pondering, discussing, cussing, <laughs> this whole debating, this whole topic of happiness. And gosh, I mean, I think it's a universal desire, right? I think that for the most part, not, you know, not everyone would desire things or not everyone would desire a, a fancy car. Not everyone would desire a big house. Not everyone would desire a, a tiny house. Not everyone would desire to live in the country. Not everyone would desire to live in the city. But, you know, not everyone likes dogs. Some people like cats. Some people like horses. Some people don't. Some, you know, it's like some people like Chinese food. Some people don't. Some people like sushi. Some people don't. Some people like, you know, meat. Some people like veggies. Right. On and on and on and on and on and on. We could go on the variation of what people want, what they like, what they desire. But there is this one thing that I do believe is universally desired and that is to be happy to be happily married happily employed happily just happy in in general As a matter of fact i say that employed or married not that that stuff not that that i mean for sure that doesn't equate to happiness money for sure doesn't equate to happiness some of the most unhappy people are people with money um, not to say that that uh, no money leads to happiness. I'm ju I'm just saying that happiness is something you you can't buy. I I've had money. I've not had money. Um, my happiness really wasn't affected. Now, I think when you have money, again, no way on God's green earth is it going to make you happy. It for sure not. But I think if you are happy to have things that you desire money health or whatever can can contribute or maybe support happiness right in other words money won't make you happy but if you're happy and you have money i think it can help maybe solidify maybe maybe even deepen uh, maybe um or again, support or feed into the, the happiness that's, that's already there. It's the same thing with relationships. A relationship isn't going to make you happy, but if you're happy and you're in a relationship that also shares in that happiness, I think it, you know, further feeds and, and supports, you know, it's like, it's like, it's like the wind beneath my wings. <laughs> you know, it's like, I think, the wind beneath the wings uh, to further lift or support that happiness, yes, can come from outside forces. Um, though true, true happiness is, is something that just comes from within. So how, how can we be happy? Right. I, 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 I've actually sat on this particular podcast, this episode for a bit because I wasn't sure exactly what to say because I don't, I don't, I don't know if there's an exact formula, like, like a specific formula. I think it, it may vary from person to person somewhat, you know, similar to, to, uh, getting healthy, 
right? There, there are some staple things to getting healthy, you know, moving more, uh, like moving your body more, you know, eating more fresh fruits and vegetables, eating less processed and sugar filled and sodium filled food and drink more water. Right. I mean, there's these, there's these big ticket items that pretty much are universal, pretty much carry across every landscape. Right. And so I do believe that happiness carries some of the same, uh, principles of, it's not the same for everybody, but there are some key elements. And so I'd like to share some of those key elements. Uh, You know, there's, there's a lot of things that I'm not right. I'm, I'm, I'm not perfect. I don't have my life completely put together. I don't, I don't have, um, you know, I, I can't retire right this minute. (laughs) Um, but there is one thing that I do have that bubbles up within me. And that is, um, a genuine, deep, profound, happiness. I, I, and even in my darkest days, when that happiness was being challenged to the core, um, I mean, I, I, of course I struggled, I struggled to, to maintain the happiness that I've always seemed to just have within. And I don't, I don't, you know, I, I really, so, you know, everything I'm going to say, I really don't think it's unique to me. I don't think that it's just, well, Timmy, you're lucky. You're just a, you know, one of those people that just kind of has, I mean, was born inherently happy. I, I don't think that's the case though. I do think there could be an element of truth to that because I have always kind of been just a happy boy. <laughs> hmm. I'm taking my, uh, I got this new, so I ran out of magnesium. I heard that magnesium was really good to take. And so I take, um, I take, um, a daily, you know, a daily vitamin for someone 50 years old and over, you know, so the 50, 50 plus vitamin, I take the omega threes, I take vitamin C, I take calcium and vitamin D. And then I take uh, magnesium because I, I heard that was so, so good to, to take. And then I take, of course, a a probiotic every day. And, um, all those things I just said are not for men only. And, and I would highly recommend if you're not a vitamin taker, (laughs) like everything I just mentioned, I would write that stuff down. Uh, cause again, I've done a lot of research on, on what, what is good uh, to take. And so that's what I do. But anyway, I just started this new, um, um, powder form of magnesium. You, you get a little warm water and you dump a little scoop in there and it's super yummy. I got the cherry flavor. Mm. And so, yeah, it's actually, it's really tasty. Um, I don't normally, normally need to have good tasting vitamins. You know, I just pop them in my mouth and take them, but this is actually, it's like, <laughs> it's light and refreshing. <laughs> it's very, very, uh, sweet to my palate. Hmm. Yeah. So that's really good. Um, so yeah, I don't, I don't think that I I think that some people maybe can be wired whether nurture nature, I don't know, but I, 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 well, I think it could be both. I think, I think people, some people can just be wired a little bit more towards, um, being happy or easier. I don't know if that's even a correct way to say that, but so I, yeah, I think there could be some, some of that, you know, that I just was, I was born wired for, for happiness. Uh, and then I think, you know, my environment, I know my, my folks really seem to, um, uh, encourage, you know, having fun, living life, you know, all that stuff. So all that stuff, all that stuff put together, I think gave me a, a good, um, a good chance at, at being happy. But 
when I, uh, so, so maybe you're listening to this and, and you're not, you're, you're not happy and you're, you're, whether that's, you're sad, depressed, um, you're lonely, you're like all these other things that you can feel. I, I think happiness, you know, happiness, like I've, I've been lonely and, but I'm still happy. I've been sad, but yet still happy. So I'm not sure what the app, the opposite of happy would be like, I, I, I don't know if, if the opposite of happy would be sad. Uh, there's a part of me that thinks the opposite of happy would be depressed is what like in my mind, but I'm not sure. Like, I don't, I don't know if that's, I don't know if that's accurate. I just, uh, you know, I'm trying to think what is, what is the opposite of happy? And I don't think it seems to be sad unless it's an eternal sadness. Like it's a constant sadness. I mean, cause I've experienced sad things yet in the, yes, yet in the midst of that sad experience, you know, I was happy, right? Not, not happy about that, which was making me sad, but just happy in the midst of the sadness. Am I making sense? I, I, I hope I'm not talking like gibberish and whatever. Um, but I've just really, you know, I'm really, a lot of my, my podcasts, I mean, like I've been studying, reading on, uh, happiness. And, and so, you know, I'll, I'll get to some of the stuff that I've, I've learned. Um, but for me, I don't really want to share something that I've just learned from research, right? I just, here's what I read about happiness. And so I'll tell you now I'm not happy, but maybe this will help you. For me, I really don't like to talk about anything or share anything that isn't somewhat coming from a personal experience whether good or bad. I mean, honestly, like if you listen to my podcast, I mean, I don't always, one, I don't know if I always offer anything of any help, uh, but I try to be just honest or authentic or whatever the word would be. Like, I just try to be real uh, with my, with this. I mean, I just don't know at this point in my life, I just don't know any other way to be. And I don't want to be any other way. You know, my, my tattoos kind of give, give me away a little bit. It's just like, for me, I love tattoos and I'm going to get them and I'm going to can't keep getting them until I don't have any room to get any more. And I'm going to do that because I like them and I want them. And that's just, you know, I'm, I want to be me and I live in a free country where I can be me. <laughs> and so that's what I'm going to do. <laughs> so, and, and thinking about happiness, here's what, here's what I do know that what I would consider again, going back to that whole, what, what I think to be universal, uh, what seems to be universal is one happiness stems from a mindset, you know, what I think about, what I talk about, who I hang around, right? Like all that stuff matters the things that I do. So, so for example, let's say a, a dog just brings you so much joy, then you should get a dog, right? Like, but like for me, so a dog has in the past brought me so much happiness. And I do have a couple dogs. I have a couple Pomeranians and a cat, but I left them with my, my ex for a lot of reasons. One wanted to keep them together Two, I didn't just, I just didn't want to mess with them. Um, but for the, for this, you know, the second half of my journey in my, my life, you know, I, I, I went and looked at, I went and looked at adopting a dog and I, you know, played with some puppies. And then I went and looked at a cat, a couple kitties that, you know, cause I thought, well, a cat would be easier because if I was gone for a day or two, I wouldn't have to get anybody to take care of it. You know, like dogs are definitely a little bit more, a little bit more responsibility, I think. I mean, you got to find someone to watch them and it's just, or you got to get them, you got to board them while you travel. And so like when I started thinking about that, the happiness leaked out <laughs> the, 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 the happiness or the joy that I was going to receive from having any kind of an animal, um, was taken away. And then some of my own happiness was taken away at the thought of, being responsible for another animal, spending the money on an animal, having to get all the, the stuff and the, this and then that. And then if I ever wanted to leave town, I was going to have to find have, like the, the, when I started weighing out my options of 
dog, cat, or what would make me happy. Here's the joys I get from it. And here's the things that I don't get from it, right? Here's the po- the pros and the cons, <laughs> which is something I highly recommend, especially when it comes to if you're single uh, or honestly, if you're married, if, if you're single, of course, you can do it for your future mate. If you're married, I recommend doing that for your life in general and your career. And, you know, what are the pros? What are the cons? And depending on how those weigh out, that's how you make a decision. And so when I did that in regards to an animal, the cons were just greater for me, for me, the cons just outweighed the good. So I said, you know what? Yeah, I don't think that, that having an animal would, would actually contribute, um, to, to the happiness in my life. And so then I just started analyzing in my own life, what, what things make me happy. Right. And again, aligning, aligning yourself. There's a book I haven't read. It's called the seed in the soul. I heard it addresses some of this. I've never read the book. So if I'm saying anything that sounds like it's right out of the book, it's by luck because it's just common knowledge or it's, it's a universal truth. Meaning, yeah, you know, if I say it, and someone else says it, then it, then maybe there's some truth to it because if multiple people experience the same kind of thing. So I believe that happiness stems from aligning ourselves with who we truly are. Okay. So, so for example, I, and again, I can only give you my story. Okay. I, Obviously, this is my podcast. Obviously, I talk about my life only because I know my life and I can tell you my intent, my motivation, my I can tell you all that stuff from within. Right. I can't use you as as an example. So, you know, I often use my own life just to kind of help vet this stuff out. And so for me, when I began to align my life more authentically with who I was and who I am, happiness just increased. And you might be thinking, well, okay, well, Timmy, what do you, what do you mean by that? Well, I was raised very religious and now I'm no longer religious. I'm more spiritual and that's brought me more happiness because it's more true to me. I, I don't resonate with a dogmatic, fundamental, um, evangelical Bible thumper, whatever, I, you know, and those sound all derogatory. I don't mean them to sound derogatory. I'm just trying to paint a picture here. I don't align with that, that structure, that belief system. I, I found it to be more disruptive to my life. Um, and it just, it, did, it didn't work for me. It, it, and when I say work for me, yeah, I just, it'd be like, okay, it, it would almost be like, uh, because I'm heterosexual, it'd be like me trying to date a man. It's just like, I couldn't do it. Like I could try to fake it. I could try, right. But I, like, I, I just couldn't do that because that's, you know, I, I was born, born uh, heterosexual. And again, this is exactly just like my uh, gay friends, my homosexual friends who would tell, would share the same exact thing, except from their perspective, meaning, you know, one of my good friends who's gay for him to, which, and he tried to do this when he was younger, he tried to date girls and act like what he was supposed to do as a perfect little Christian boy. And it, it brought him turmoil. It brought him unrest unsettled him. And so when I think of, of happiness and what leads to happiness or what, um, can bring us closer to experience a life of happiness, I think at the core, it is truly being aligned, aligning yourself with who you are. And so for me, as I began to quote unquote, come out of the closet, if you will, with my spiritual beliefs and my spiritual journey, the more I began to, uh, 
I guess, un, unpack it, um, research and study and, and like, what do I believe? And the more I defined that, which then helped me to align myself to it. Wow. Talk about the, talk about happiness. I mean, my, you know, if a, if a, if a, you just picture a glass of water and, and, you know, my glass was, was more than half full. Um, it, let's say the water represents happiness. You know, as I began to align myself with my beliefs, my spiritual beliefs, uh, and, and distance myself from, from the other things that I used to believe and not just the people, but that was part of it. You know, some people couldn't make the journey with me, right? Some people couldn't, but as I began to really align myself with, with who I really am and who I really was and who I was becoming m the happiness, it was like, you just kept filling up the water. Like I just kept pouring in the water into the glass, like happiness just began to overflow. And that seems so contrary to, to what, what I was taught, you know, I was supposed to fill myself with more Bible and more this and more that, and that's what makes you happy. And it just didn't, it just didn't work for me like that. Um, yeah, it just didn't. Right. And so this, that was part of the, that was actually part of my understanding of, uh, that I was following the right path that that's, it was like, you know, everybody around me was trying to get me to be more Christian. And the more I followed my, my own spiritual journey, uh, goodness gracious, the happiness and the joy and the love and the peace just began to increase in my heart to the point of, I, of course, you know, those that listen to me know this, you know, I, I denounced being an evangelical, I'm, I'm not an evangelical anymore. I don't, I don't believe those things. Um, though I still quasi relate to somewhat of the message of Jesus, of course, well, I totally re re relate to the message of Jesus and would, you know, eh, am I a Christian? Eh, I mean, eh, I mean, probably right. <laughs> but that, that, that's just the thing that it. I just don't identify with anything like that. I'm, I'm Timmy. You know, I'm Timmy and I have spiritual beliefs and I have a certain set of things that I hold to. And that's my personal journey. And the more I've identified where I'm at and what I believe, it, it's just brought me so much joy. So, so happiness, I really do believe is an overflow and an outflow of, of alignment, of aligning myself with, with my true self. Okay. I can give you this. I can tell you this. I, I can tell you another story about someone else. Okay. Not, not talk about myself all the time. So to use my friend that I just talked about as an example. So I grew up with a friend of mine. I won't give his name out, but let's just say his name was Steve, Steve, Steve seems like a good gay name to use. <laughs> so anyway, my, my friend Steve, when we were elementary school students, uh, you know, he was always uh, different, right? I mean, you know, I played football. He wanted to play with Barbie dolls kind of a thing. So, or do makeup on the girls. And so, you know, there was always some, a, a difference there, which, I mean, that doesn't actually make you gay, but that, that it, it made him realize he was different. Right. And so we were actually really good friends all through elementary, junior high, high school, went to church together actually, and went off to college and, and, and he went to a diff. I went off to seminary. He went off to university, but the university and the seminary that I went to and the university he went to was in the same town. So we became roommates and, you know, we had lots of conversations uh, about his journey. And at the, actually at this time he was still discovering who he was. And at, at this point, so we were, how old were we? Uh, let's see. I would have been probably 19, maybe 20. He was the same age. Uh, he was a virgin in every sense of the word. Hadn't been with a girl, hadn't been with a guy, hadn't nothing like he was, he was a virgin. He was still trying to discover and figure out who he was and what he was and, and why he felt different, you know, and why he just felt different. So anyway, all that to say, he told me that when he finally identified and accepted 
and aligned himself with being a gay man that he just felt so complete and so whole and so so at, at one with himself so so happy though in the midst of that happiness the the crazy thing is because you know you got to imagine i'm i'm 51 so i mean that that goes way back right this goes back into the 80s the the late 80s early 90s so you know lgbt the movement and all the stuff wasn't like it at least not in kansas it wasn't like it is today so it was not something he could be vocal about uh to to very many people and so you know he was still in this self discovery while well, his parents of course bible thumping type people uh very sweet people but you know very obviously misguided uh sent him off to a program called exodus which is a not even in existence anymore and it's not in existence anymore because it's silly it's it doesn't work it was dumb uh but basically exodus was about that exit trying to help people exit the gay lifestyle because you know yeah so he went to that it created more turmoil turmoil more unhappiness more depression more anxiety it was terrible it wasn't until he just accepted who he was and embraced it that then he found peace and he's now been with the same partner for i think 30 some years and he's a architect up in i i think new york or somewhere up there but anyway doing really really well doing well him and his partner are super happy of course now they're married um just living his best life but he told me himself because i did an interview with him he told me himself that it was when he finally aligned himself with who he was that he experienced just an overwhelming sense of happiness and peace and joy and you know people can say whatever they want about that I, I i don't know i don't know you know life is all about personal experience right what works for you what 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 brings you more joy what you know as long as you're not hurting anybody else right i mean if your if your highest joy is to kill people uh, clearly uh that's misguided and you know you need to be put away or treated or something but it, it, you know anything that is is not where you're hurting or abusing people um where it's what i would consider you know whatever you guys know hello you guys are adults you know what i'm talking about i mean anybody can anybody on earth can can whether you're christian atheist it doesn't matter what you are we we know what's acceptable and what's not acceptable what's right what's you know good you know right it, it to to okay so i don't even talk about that you guys know um so i so that that's point number one point number one to truly be happy is is being able to align yourself with who you really are now i guess the question is that, that maybe the, what the at least the question that pops in my mind as i'm babbling here is how do you find that right it, that was an easy one i mean he was able to identify that he was gay and he was able to just pursue that even in the midst of all the family drama the you know everybody trying to pray the gay away and all the things that went on those obviously were sad things right those were things that caused grief but there was this wholeness and a happiness for truly being who he was but then there was this other stuff so you know he had to remove himself from all that toxicity remove himself from the church remove himself from uh his parents and until they came around I, th I think they've finally come around to some extent and if it just you know have accepted them and loved him um but you know it was, it was quite a it was quite a journey and so how can you you know maybe you're listening to this and thinking well i don't even know who i really am so how do i align myself with something i don't even know exists or i don't even know i don't even know who i am <laughs> so and, and to that i say i don't know either <laughs> i don't know right i don't for me it's it's been just a journey right i'm 51 um uh, being alone has 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 helped i mean you know being married for 25 years helped um being now single um 
is, is helping experience experiencing pain has helped experiencing uh, joy has helped um, ah, we're running out of time for this little first section here so I'm going to be right back and take a short commercial break and we're going to come back and talk about don't worry be happy but how 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 do we become happy how can we align ourselves with our true selves in order to achieve happiness. All right, we'll be right back. All right, we're back. Um, happiness, don't worry, be happy. Aligning ourselves with our true selves is a lifelong journey. So here, here are a few subpoints. Here are a few things in order to help us discover who we really are. Um, one is is journaling. Uh, two is frankly turning off the TV. I, I one of the biggest distractions to growth. Matter of fact, this entire episode, if if this is if you just listen to this next little ten minutes of of this whole and never listen to anything else ever. It, it, this can change your life forever. There's so much noise in our lives. We find ourselves not living our own life, right? We're, we're, we're just doing what everybody else wants and doing this and doing that. And we're told to stand, we stand, we told to sit, we sit, we do this, we do that. And then we come home, we watch TV and we think we have free choice, but we really don't because we're listening, we're watching TV and it's sending us messages and it's sending us commercials. And all of a sudden we don't know why, but we want to buy something. And so we buy that thing because we saw a commercial that kept going. We're like, yeah, that would make me happy if I drink Bud Light, then I'll be happier. If I do this, I'll be happy. And if I drive this car, I'll be happy. Blah, 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 blah. I mean, that, that, so one of the things that has to happen in order to find your true self is you have to quiet the noise. You have to quiet the noise. You have to be able to spend time alone, no noise, no radio, no TV, nothing. And I'm a big fan of books, you know, and so filling that space and some people can't just, just the thought of that right now, just the thought of, of not having something going in your ear all the time is torture. And, and that's that, I mean, that's, that's a red flag. I mean, that's, that's, that's to me, that's a point of of interest that like that's, I see, I hear that. And I think that, well, that's it. Like you need to turn the TV off. You need to turn off any, uh, unnecessary or unhealthy or toxic voices. Um, you know, I'm, I'm just so amazed at how many people feel trapped, uh, trapped by a life. They don't like trapped in a job. They don't like trapped in a marriage. They don't, they're, they don't like trapped in a, in a career that they don't like. And they're just trapped, you know, trapped in a religion that they don't resonate with. I mean, I can't tell you how many people have, you know, in my story have just, you know, come out of the closet and, and have admitted to not believing the way that they act like they believe, you know, some of the, I mean, there are so many atheists in church that never, and I'm not atheist, but I know this because I've had so many people come out of the closet and have said, well, I'm probably agnostic or maybe even atheist. And I'm like, well, you go to church every Sunday. <laughs> what's, what's up with that? Uh, you know, I find that so again, aligning yourself with what you believe. That's so not that I'm like, wow, that's wild. Um, so I, I, I we have to quiet the noise. And one of the first things that when I'm coaching people and they, they're wanting to discover themselves or find themselves, one of the first things I say is, okay, you got to stop watching TV. Like that's, that's the first thing you got to, you got to shut that TV off. You've got to be able to take long walks alone without any earbuds in and allow yourself to think your own thoughts. That's just, a, yeah, 
And if that's hard for you, that's a true tale sign, right? It's like me. If I quit drinking coffee, I get a headache, right? <laughs> Why? I'm addicted to coffee <laughs> or a caffeine. I'm not addicted to coffee. I'm addicted to caffeine probably, right? So my body just starts going, no, I need caffeine. Drink more coffee, right? <laughs> Same thing with, with turning off the TV. It will feel unsettling. It, to sit with your own thoughts will f- seem unsettling to some, to some people. It's kind of like getting off a drug, you know, thank God I've never been on any drugs to, 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 to know this firsthand. I only know it from friends that have, are recovering addicts and, you know, in their mind, they don't want the drug, but their body thinks that they do. Right. So I, I think it's much the same when it comes to finding our true selves. We have to quiet the mind and allow ourselves to think our own thoughts. I think too many times we're thinking what everyone else is, you know, telling us to think, right? We're, we're believing what we're told to believe. We're doing what we're told to do. We're listening to what we're told to listen to. We're, we're, you know what I mean? Like it's, and you know, we talk about being free. I don't, I don't think for the most part, most people are free. Honestly, I don't, I just don't, I don't think most people are free. I think they're trapped in this loop of whatever it is, you know, getting up, going to work, coming home, watching TV, falling asleep, getting up, going to work, coming home, falling asleep. Good. Like, I, I, I think it's just that over and over and over and over again. So breaking the addiction, breaking the cycle is necessary. So shutting off the TV, shutting off the radio, you know, when you're in the car, just shutting everything off, allowing for silence. Silence can be unsettling, but I think silence is necessary. Being able to sit and hold space for yourself without noise is so, 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 so important. So I highly recommend that. The the second part of that, after you shut off the noise, is to uh, journal, begin to listen and write down the thoughts that begin to flow through your now quieted mind. And, uh, and you say, Timmy, how long do, do I have to do this? Could I do this for like, you know, 10 minutes? Will that do it? <laughs> can I find myself? Can I find myself in 10 minutes? <laughs> oh, probably not. Uh, <laughs> but, you know, this is another reason why uh, meditation, prayer, and those such, those kind of things are so helpful. So you shut off the TV, you shut off the radio, shut off the noise, you start to journal, uh, then on the, on the backside, I think you pick up a book, you know, you pick up some kind of a book to, to help guide you on a path of enlightenment or whatever, whatever you want to call it. And, and maybe, uh, maybe in another episode, I can, I can do a whole episode on, on books that have changed my life. Um, one book is seed in the soul, which I've not even read it yet, but I'm going to read it, but I heard it was fantastic. Um, the power of now Eckhart Tolle, uh, the new earth, Eckhart Tolle untethered soul. I don't know the author, but the untethered soul, um, motivation manifesto. Uh, I, I mean, I could just go on and on and on. There's, there's so many books that have just bless me the four agreements on and on and I could I could go and I'm sure maybe many of you have already read those books um but the 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 thought is you know going from just being entertained or just having noises from TV or radio actually taking some time out of every day to to feed your brain to feed your soul right to to help you identify um uh, who you really are, what you really are, what you really believe, what you really want, what your heart desire is. And, you know, so for me, one of the things that I've now, now, how I live now, I'm I'm a minimalist. So, you know, I don't, 
I don't, I don't have a lot of stuff and that makes me happy. Now, some people find happiness in, in stuff and there's nothing wrong with that either. I'm not, I don't, I'm not, I'm not here to judge anybody ever. I mean, to each his own, right? Some people like long hair. Some people like short hair. Some people like beards. Some people don't. I mean, it's like, it doesn't matter, right? Some people like tattoos. Some people don't, but it, you do you. And so, but, but the key is, is aligning yourself with the, the things that do bring you joy. And for me, you know, more things distract that, that, that doesn't bring me joy. And so now that I've, I've simplified my life and I've, become a a minimalist. I have a few core things. I don't plan on acquiring any more things. I have enough things that brings me happiness that everything that I have, I, yeah, that again, that just brings me happiness. Okay. That, that brings me joy to have eight plates, eight bowls, eight forks, eight knives, eight spoons, and that's it, right? I don't, I don't have 10,000 forks. I don't have 50,000 cups that are all mix matched, right? It's like, it's like, I have eight cups that are exactly the same and I have eight, right? So, but that, that makes me happy, right? And so part of the joy of life is what makes you happy? Now, here's the, here's where the kicker can come in. Right. I can, I can just hear it in my mind. Maybe you're listening to this and thinking, well, to me, that sounds great, right? You're single and you can do what makes you happy. And, 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 okay. I understand that, but you can be happy within a committed partnership, a marriage, whatever, whatever you, if you're married. Um, one of the keys is, is just having a talk with your partner, Right. And finding out what makes them happy and giving them the freedom to pursue those things like what makes you happy. And then hopefully your partner gives you the freedom to pursue those things. Right. Like if you really love hiking, but because you've been married, you've not been hiking. Well, like that's on you. Right. That's not your partner's fault. That's your fault. Talk to your partner and say, you know what? I really miss hiking or I really want to start hiking then and do it. And maybe your partner will be like, me too. I want to go hiking too. So, I mean, it's like, you know, uh, again, you know, if you're uh, where the challenge is, is right. Let's just say, for example, let's say your partner is into things and you're not. I mean, yes, that is going to be a point of <sighs> difference. I was going to say a point of contention. I don't know if that's, I mean, you know, the, the, you could still have a happy, successful meaningful, purposeful, wonderful, happy (laughs) marriage with someone that has differences than you. You just have to have a, you have to have a dialogue. You have to talk about it. You have to talk about where's the line, right? Because in a, in a marriage, specifically in a marriage, it's not, it, it can't all just be one way. For example, just going back to that exact point that I just made, let's just say, your partner is into things and you're not. How can you make that work? Well, a conversation and each of you giving a little bit. It's not the other person going, sorry, I don't care that you don't want things. I'm going to have lots of things. You're just going to have to learn to like it. Okay. That would not, that would not be the kind of spouse, uh, uh, reply that would be good. <laughs> that, that wouldn't be a good reply. And vice versa, it wouldn't be good for the person that's the minimalist to say, we need to sell everything. We're going to be minimalists. I don't care what you think or what you like. We're going to do what I want. That obviously, excuse me, obviously in a marriage or in a committed partnership, excuse me, that's not how it works. That's not how it works. That magnesium is now I'm burping it up. Sorry. Uh, That's not how, how, that's not how marriage works. Marriage is all about give and take. It's all about reconciliation. It's, it's all about giving a little, taking a little bit, giving a little bit, taking a little bit. That's, that's what marriage is all about. So hopefully your partner is aware of that and and therefore you can have a healthy dialogue and determine what's the happy medium for both people. I teach this all the time. I've been teaching this for years. I, I say the same when it comes to money. Sometimes people are spenders and the other person is a, is, is a saver. 
well, you can't save everything and you can't spend everything. So what's the balance, right? You spend some, save some, that's the balance. You, you, you talk to your partner about it. You come up with some kind of a, an agreement, some kind of happy medium, a place where we can agree. It's not about in a marriage. It's not about me. It's about we, and with me, you can't agree, but with we, we can agree. So that's marriage is just all about communication. It's about give and take. It's about, oh, you want sex every day. Well, I want sex once a week. So what's the balance? Okay, let's do two to three times a week. In other words, you you each try and uh, to accommodate the other. That is, as long as it's reasonable, that's what marriage is. You work to accommodate each other. If, 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 and when you get stubborn and think, nope, it's my way. I want sex once a month. And so that's all I'm going to do. And if you love me, that's what you'll do. Okay. That's a crock of crap. That's not how marriage works. Marriage, you selfishness in a marriage will kill it. It doesn't work. And you say, kill it, like cause divorce. Well, not necessarily, but it'll kill the love. It'll kill the passion. It'll kill the, you know, that person then probably won't even, even though they say they want to have sex every day, they'll end up not wanting to have sex at all because of that reply. And then that turns into more messes that I don't even want to get into in this particular episode. But when we think about happiness, it, it's, it, it's an, it, it, uh, Happiness is an inside job. It's not based upon exterior circumstances. Happiness is based upon you. And so, but when you're in a partnership, you have to talk to your partner in order to come up with a win-win plan, a win-win scenario, right? What works for them so that they feel loved, cherished, and heard, what works for you so that you feel loved, cherished, and heard. And together, you then live out this agreed upon thing. And that's what leads to a happy, healthy marriage, a happy, healthy life. And what, and, and honestly, some people think, well, I just, you know, that guy, they can't be happy in a marriage because it's like, Whatever. Well, that's because that's because you've not communicated openly and honestly with your partner and explained and, and shared your frustrations and the things that you don't like. I know what I'm talking about here. Hang on. I'm taking a drink of coffee. <sighs> so good. But that's I mean, that's what makes marriages not work that that are not just not work, but not what merit what makes. OK. I don't know the statistics on this, but I heard a statistic recently and I, and it, and it sounded like it was reputable that 50% of marriages, you know, they don't even hardly stay in the same room. They're just co they're just cohabitating together. They don't even sleep together. They don't have sex and they're not happy. So, you know, half of every marriage they say, again, I'm, I'm throwing out things that I didn't actually do the research exactly on this, but I think, you know, one of every two marriages fails what I've heard. And then, you know, one of every two marriage that ends up staying together, you know, one of every two marriage is unhappy. So, and I'm, I'm not poo-poo on marriage. I mean, hello, I'm the wedding guy. I'm the wedding officiant. I love marriage. I love love. And, and even though I'm divorced, I, I am still hopeful. I'm still uh, open to love. I still pursue love. I still dream and fantasize about love and marriage and all that, right? I mean, none of that, I'm, I'm still the exact same dude that I was, um, in, in that sense, you know, I, I've, I'm not, I'm not jaded when it comes to marriage. I'm not, uh, any of that. I, I, I matter of fact, I've, if anything, I have more hope than ever before. Um, but what's different is I have a much greater understanding of what makes it work. What, what doesn't make it work there, Yeah. Like, you know, people, people sometimes will, you know, well, you've been divorced, you know, how can you be a marriage counselor? Well, oh dear Lord, I have a way greater understanding, <laughs> a way more expanded, enlightened view on uh, marriage and what it takes 
to, to have a successful marriage. Um, it, it just like someone that has won, a, you know, earned a million dollars and lost a million dollars and then they're on their way back to whatever. I mean, they have a greater appreciation for what it takes to make it work, what it take, what it takes to lose it. Well, all that. So yes, uh, there's no doubt about it. I have a much greater understanding than ever before when it comes to what makes it work. But then I think part of the challenge of what people face and what, what is uh, disheartening is there's so many unhappy people within a marriage and they think that they can't be happy because they're in a marriage. And that's just not true. That's not, that's actually not true. Um, happiness is absolutely possible, whether you're married or you're single or you're engaged or whether you're whatever, like it doesn't matter. Happiness is, is not, it doesn't, your ex, you don't have to have both your legs to be happy. Like happiness is not exterior. It is interior. And so that's what matters the most. Okay. So let me get back to what I was talking about. I'm going all over the place, but I think I, I hopefully, hopefully you're loving it. Um, but we've got 10 minutes left and I got to get all this in here. So you, you've shut off the TV. You're, you're quieting, you know, you're, you're turning off the radio. You're giving yourself more space to think and to feel and to experience. Okay. You're getting outdoors more, even if you're not an outdoorsy person going and sitting at a park bench and writing outside with the birds chirping and the dogs barking and all that. It's, it's, there is something about it. I think that all humanity, I think we're, the earth is a living organism. You know, this, this is, this isn't, I'm not making this up. This is a conspiracy theory. I mean, this is a known thing, right? The earth is a living organism and we are, um, I mean, the Bible said from the dust, we came and from the dust to the dust, we will go. So, you know, we're living organisms living on, on a living organism and we're connected whether we want to think we are or not we are and so getting out and getting your feet on the earth and getting your feet in the in, in nature and and yes i'm i'm yes i'm even talking about yeah take your shoes off take your socks off get your feet you know touching the earth and 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 writing down your thoughts and your feelings and and all that stuff very very important i think that stuff's important right for me like god is lives on the beach hundred percent. I go to the beach several times a year. Um, I've already been this year. I'll be going back again. It's just what I do. Um, and so, um, making sure that, you know, you're, you're quieting the noise, giving yourself a chance to think your own thoughts, journaling, um, reading, listening to uplifting, powerful, you know, teachings, uh, you know, whatever. Uh, I used to recommend Ted talks a lot. Ted talks are great. I don't, I like Ted talks, but finding good podcasts that inspire you, that feed you, that challenge you, all those things are really, really important. And then, the, then, so here's, as we come in for a landing, here's the other things I think that to bring us happiness, really identifying what you love and what you don't love, doing more of what you love, doing less of what you don't love, right? There are some things that we have to do. Right. I remember when my kids were small and I had to change diapers. I changed a lot of diapers a lot. Let's, I mean, that's not, I don't like walk around my neighborhood and say, Hey, you have a baby that I can change the diaper. I just love doing that. Right. <laughs> it's not like, it wasn't like my highest joy, but I was happy in the process because I was caring for my child. And so that's where the joy came from. Right. I was doing what I was supposed to do. I was being responsible, a responsible parent and I was loving my child. Again, that's another thing that leads to happiness. Whenever you do what you know you should do and what you're responsible to do, right? And and so a little tidbit quickly, you know, when I think of someone else's story, I like to share it because it it it, it shows that this stuff is universal. It's not just me. I, I coached a young man that got a girl pregnant when he was a teenager and he relinquished all rights to this child because he thought that was the best thing. But there was something broken in his life. And I told him it was at that moment when it broke. I said, you have a responsibility. That's your child. You are the father to that child. You need to get back into the life of that child. Contact the mother. Tell her you've had an epiphany that you've been in counseling and that your counselor said that part of the systemic issues or the issues that he has, this, the, the guy that I was dealing with, I said, you know, your issues are coming from you abandon your child and there's something in you that knows that that's wrong, even though you thought it was right and you thought you were doing it for a good reason, but it's not. 
And so every father need every child needs its father and its mother, if at all possible. So you need to get back into that life, the life of the child. Anyway, so he did. And yes, it 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 was almost like magic, to be honest. You know, he thinks I'm he think now, you know, he thinks I'm the greatest counselor in all the world. And I'm not. I just, you know, I know my shit. Right. And so uh, I knew that's what it was, you know, I, I just knew like, Hey, like you don't have a relationship with your child. Uh, that's definitely where all these issues are coming from. You, you mend that relationship. And I probably could tell you with almost certainty that a lot of these other problems are just going to mysteriously go away. And that's exactly what happened when he mended that relationship. It, it fixed all those other relationships. So living in alignment with, things like that are really, really, really important, right? When you've done something wrong, it's important to right that wrong, ask for forgiveness. If, if there can be reconciliation, great. But, you know, so, so there's that there. So when you start spending this time alone in your life, things might come up. And when those things come up, you need to right those wrongs. Okay. Now, now I will say, had he gone to the, the to the mother and said all this, and she'd have said, "Nope, you've been out of the kid's life, and you're not going to get back into the life." Now that's a different situation, but there still can be peace and joy and happiness because he made the move in the right direction. It's out of his control. It's out of his hands. In other words, he attempted to do what was right, and and if he's not going to be allowed to do what's right, then you can just let that go right? You can, you can. So it, it really wasn't about as much having the relationship with the child as much as attempting to have a relationship with the child. That's all you can do. So in his situation, it, you know, the mother was open to it and it, it actually, it, it worked out to be a really beautiful thing. Uh, but you know, it might not have. And so, but it did. And so I didn't have to kind of help him deal with that. So, you know, maybe you're in your life, maybe you're here. I can just hear you saying, well, I tried that. It didn't, you know, they didn't want anything to do with me or whatever. And so what is, is you can't change what is. So begin to right the wrongs, uh, begin to really, you know, dig deep into your life and, 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 and shore up the things in your life that are out of alignment, make those adjustments. And, and I think this all comes from, from being quiet. And, and sitting with yourself and allowing yourself to, to, to think through your life, your, your dreams, your aspirations, your desires, your whatever, and just begin walking that path will, it's a process. It's a journey, right? You're, you're all the stuff I'm telling you, there's, you know, I'm sure you're feeling some, some butterflies and some happiness and you're feeling some hope as I'm talking and that's the start of it. And, and, but where happiness comes from is in the journey of heading that way. Okay. Another thing to, to think about, let's just say you're, you're extremely overweight and you want to lose weight. Okay. Let's just say that's your story. And this could be, I, I use this because this is an easy thing to, to quantify, but this could be any area of your life, any area of your life, you can chop it down into these pieces. Okay. You know, you're, you're single and you, you want to be partnered like you, you're poor and you want to be rich. Okay. It, whatever you're unhealthy and you want to be healthy. Okay. Whatever it might be for you, I'm going to take you through a little thing here. Let's say you're obese and you want to be not, you want to be thinner. Okay. So first you identify the issue. I'm overweight. You identify the issue. Then you come up with a plan, some steps to get where you want to go. And then when you decide to do that, and then you get up the next morning and you go for a mile walk and you eat a healthy breakfast and you eat more veggies that day and you don't eat the Twinkies and the Ding Dongs and then you quit eating you know, by seven o'clock at night and you don't do late night snacks and you drink lots of water, day one accomplished, you will instantly feel accomplished and feel happier and joy and happiness will begin to overflow. Why? Because you are aligning yourself with who you are, what you are, what you want, what you desire, what your dreams and your aspirations are. It works that way with anything, right? You get paid. Let's say you get paid on Friday. You take 70% or whatever you decide to do. You take 70%, you put it in your bank account, 
you take 10%, put it in savings, another 10% in a bad day, rainy day fund, and another 10% you invest. That then begins to get you closer to your goal, which then brings you happiness right now. Happiness is the journey. You can be happy along the path without achieving the destination yet, but you're on your way. Amen. <laughs> All right, guys, don't worry. Be happy. Today, begin walking in the direction of your dreams and your goals, and that will begin to make you feel happy. Guys, I love you very much. Have a fantastic day. We'll see you again soon. Peace.